Hold on, I need to kick Franklin out because he's definitely eating something. So <laughs> okay. What's happening? Franklin, how the fuck did you do this? <laughs> what? You can't... I, what's ha- what's going on? <laughs> I, I don't... Franklin's our dog. It's Franklin. Adeline, what's happening? Franklin was just... All the way under your bed. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, my name is Jackson McMurray. <laughs> I'm McMurray. And this, this is No Nerds Allowed. <laughs> there are no nerds allowed. Our dog is so dumb. Our- <laughs> I don't know how he did it. Had to, I had to, like, drag him out from underneath it. Was he... All my Nintendo Labo stuff is under there. Are they, is, are they okay? Oh, I should check. Hold on. <laughs> Need my Labo. Yeah, it's all good. I okay. don't know what he was doing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Speaking of Labo, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. Have you seen all the stuff about the VR kit that just came out? Oh. So it's just like a Google Cardboard kind of deal for the Switch. Yeah, but for your Switch? Yeah, and it it has like a whole bunch... It's like a Nintendo Labo kit, so there's a whole bunch of like yeah. gimmicky toys associated with it, and it's got its own yeah. like built-in games and stuff, which is cool. But yeah. um, it is also compatible with Breath of the Wild. Is but, that going to be VR Breath of the Wild? Yeah, no, I mean, it's already out. It already exists. Um, but it... you. The headset doesn't have a strap on it. Oh. You've just got to hold it up to your face <laughs> while you play Breath of the Wild. Which is like, <laughs> how could, how do you design something like this? It's for all you people with your third arms. It's you, Do you know about the Virtual Boy? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Where it was a VR kit that you just, like, propped up on a table and you had to, like, position yourself so your your face fit into it? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and anyone who ever tried it threw up immediately. Yeah. This is only, like, one step better than that. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get to hold it, but you have to just, like, hold it up to your face. I mean, but, like, the Virtual Boy is super impressive because it's VR in, like, the year 1980 or whatever. Like, that's yeah. super impressive. But I think it was, just, like, like, 95. Straight up, straight up did not work. Yeah, no. <laughs> it was not a thing. I wonder uh, I wonder what we'd have to do to get a hold of one. Of a Virtual Boy? Yeah. I'm sure that there's, like, a million bazillion videos of people online finding a Virtual Boy and being like, I'm going to talk about the Virtual Boy. Virtual Boy reviewed, but I yeah. I also want to do that because it sounds really fun and I want to see <laughs> okay, <cool. laughs> what a Virtual Boy is like. Everyone's doing that, but I also want to do yeah. that. <laughs> so yeah, what my life is boring. Cool. What are some other good old video game consoles? Yeah. <laughs> Great things.
old video games. I mean, there's Rob. Rob is always great. Rob is a good one. You know what? I want to get more games for the Sega Dreamcast that we got at that garage sale. Yeah. Um, because as what? of right now, the only thing I've ever really played on it is Star Wars Pod Racer. So there's for the Dreamcast. There's Sonic. Right. 007. That's Nintendo 64. I think you're thinking so, of. So so no, not that. eBay. Okay, hold uh, on. I'm going to eBay right now. No, just look it look it up with look it up. No, I want to see. I want to buy stuff. Dreamcast, no, like Dreamcast games. games. What are they? Yes. They don't, when I Google it, okay. X-Men for Sega Dreamcast. Oh. Um, oh, you can get Shenmue. <laughs> Wolfenstein 3D on the Sega Dreamcast. Marvel Resident vs. Capcom. Evil. Marvel vs. Capcom is like 50 bucks. Yeah. Oh, you Sonic can get Adventure. Soul Calibur. Oh, Sonic Adventure is only like 25 bucks. That's not so bad. You can get Seaman. Oh, have you heard about Seaman? No, what's Seaman? Oh, boy. Okay. So it's like this weird virtual pet game. Oh, um, yeah. It's like... And it's not like just super weird. It's like meant to be this like trippy, surreal experience. Yeah. But it's like this fish with a human face that like has a conversation with you. Oh, I hate it. And you it. have to really? like... It has got like this super deep voice and you have to like raise it and it like psychoanalyzes you. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. Oh, I fucking hate it. Yeah. I just... <laughs> wow. I can't believe you've never seen that before. I've never seen that. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't know if it uses like a microphone. Okay, I thought that there was... Oh, fuck this guy. Well, because the McElroy brothers talked about having going on vacation and bringing their Dreamcast, or else their sea man would die. But oh, yeah. I thought it was like a sea monkey thing, where it's like you take care of some sea monkeys. It's this fucking nightmare? Yeah, yeah, it is. Why would you let your children <laughs> play this game? Yeah, I don't know how popular it was when it came out. It's definitely something that people know oh, about it now, though. It turns into, like, a frog. Yeah. Oh, it fucking sucks. <laughs> I was gonna... I had, like, a little personal thing today. I was like, I'm gonna try and swear less on the podcast, and then I discovered <laughs> what freaking Seaman was, and that's out the window. <laughs> I, it'll also die if you don't turn on your yeah, Dreamcast no, you can enough kill it. times in a row. The Dreamcast was a weird system, because I think it was, like, the first mainstream game system to have, like, an internet connection. Probably. Um, did the PlayStation 2 have internet capabilities? I have no idea. Okay, cool. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, this I don't I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say about the Dreamcast, or do you want to get back into the movie? Uh, you could get Samba de Amigo. I don't know what that is. NFL 2K from 1999, which isn't <laughs> 2K. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost 2K. Is you're so close. You could get Sakura Wars. Oh my god, you can get Spider-Man. Can you get Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice? No. Okay. I want... What's Shakira? with that game? What do you mean, what's with that game? I... That sounded really negative. I didn't mean it to be that negative. <laughs> but, like, it, it's weird. It's, like... It was, like, advertised as, like, the next Dark Souls-y game, like, Bloodborne. But it's, like, it's totally not. Like, you can't even make a dude. No, I mean, it's not really the same thing. It's just the same people, so people were saying that. Yeah. Um, watch. I haven't played it myself because I don't have a PlayStation. But yeah. um, the from, from what I've seen, it's got like a lot of. It definitely feels the same as a Souls game yeah. in terms of like 
the monsters and like the way that you fight people, but the yeah. engine is like totally different. <clears throat> oh really? And yeah, well, you're like watched... leaping around and like I think there's a mechanic where most of the time you kill guys in one hit. Um, yeah. But it's super tough to actually hit them. Yeah, I watched the Grumps play it for, like, two episodes, and there's a lot of, like, sneaking mechanics, and yeah. there's a lot more NPCs. But what really weirded me out is that with the Dark Souls games and Bloodborne and stuff is that it's just, like, this kind of story that you make a character and go into, and then, like, the fact that you made a character is kind of part of the story. Right, and yeah. And this one, you're just some dude, and you... It's just like, oh, you're a dude. And it's like, well, wait, I want to be my own dude. <laughs> right, yeah, it's kind of got, like, a built-in character for you. Yeah. Oh, you Which can get Half-Life fun. on the Dreamcast? Oh, well, I guess that makes sense. Half-Life is not a very complicated game. No. Hold on, how much do I have to pay to get Half-Life on the Dreamcast? $15. Oh, that's not even. I sneeze and $15 comes out. <laughs> I don't even like Half-Life, but I really like the idea of having it for Dreamcast. I don't even need all these $15 bills. <laughs> so, okay, uh, what, what movie do we watch today, Adeline? We are continuing our Harry Potter series, and now we're up to the second one, The Chamber of Snakes. <laughs> up all the way to the second one. Remind me what this movie is actually called, because I just wrote down Chamber of Snakes. <laughs> <laughs> the Chamber of Secrets. You That's don't right. even pretend like you don't know what it's called. I looked at my paper just to make sure I was getting it right, and the only thing I've written down is Chamber of Snakes, so I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, in general, this movie, not nearly as bad as the first one. No, it's way better. <clears throat> um, I mean, obviously everybody knows, because everybody's listened to our first episode. Um, but the very oh, first Harry Potter movie is the most boring movie that's ever been made. It's um, so boring. This movie, as far as I can tell, the crew is almost entirely the same, except for the cinematographer. There's a new DP on this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you can tell, for tell. sure. It's a lot <laughs> he more... He likes Dutch angles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things that you learn about this movie pretty quick, is that it's like a Dutch angle city. <laughs> Um, so, this movie opens with, um, <laughs> a really good, I guess you wouldn't call it a drone shot in 2004, because drones yeah, weren't a thing a yet. Yeah, it's a helicopter. But this, this drone <laughs> shot... <laughs> into a window. <laughs> this Sorry. Computer, <laughs> this computer-generated drone shot of, like, just suburbs as far as the eye can see. Just like this really ham-fisted, like, suburbia... I mean, oh, yeah. humans are so normal... Uh, or Harry can't stand to be around these muggles because of how n- normal they are. Um, yeah, it's it's <laughs> a super heavy metaphor, but I actually kind of like that shot. Did you? Because they do that and then they're done. <laughs> right. They're like, here's the ham-fisted metaphor, we can move on. We all know. <laughs> so, uh, we are told that uh, Harry now lives in his own bedroom. He's not living in a cupboard under the stairs anymore. Yeah, and suddenly he's a real person in reality instead of a fairy tale character. <laughs> he is still very pitiful, though. Yes. <laughs> I still really like it. The very first scene is they're, like, getting prepared for, like, this important business meeting they're about to have at the house. And they're like, where are you all going to be when he when he arrives? Sorry, let me take that again so I can get my accent right. Yeah, can you get from the top, please? Where are you all... No, it's Uncle Vernon, so it's like... <laughs> where are you all going to be? Shush, shush, shush. I need complete silence. <clears throat> and where are you all going to be? Where... 
<clears throat> You're hitting the B too hard. You sound very angry. And where are you all going to be? <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's your motivation. Give yeah. me your eyes. Yeah. You Okay, you hate your nephew so, 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 so much. Right. And you're telling your wife and son to not fuck up this job interview and right. interview for you. And <clears throat> action. And where are you? <laughs> Cut. Jackson. I'm going to fire you. Okay, I can do this one more time. I'm so Get sorry. Shit I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, sound. Speeding. <laughs> action. And where are you all going to be when Mr. Bonaventura comes in the door? Was that not good? <laughs> Mr. Bonaventura? Bonaventura. That was the name of a substitute teacher that I had in, in high school. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, cut, print, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Where the fuck is my latte? <laughs> Um, okay, we should finish up this podcast before we go to the rap party, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, they're uh, prepped for a big business meeting, and they're like, Harry, what are you going to be doing? And he's like, I'll be in my room making no noise and pretending I don't exist. And a single tear rolls yeah. down his cheek. Um, and they punch him. <laughs> that's true. Um, <laughs> well, my favorite part about this scene, it's not my favorite part, I'm exaggerating. But that Aunt Petunia makes this cake that's a plot point later because Dobby drops it on the lady that comes over. Right. But it's just, like, the ugliest cake on the planet. <laughs> right, yeah. It's, like, green and purple and he's, has these weird red balls on them that are yeah. either tomatoes or cherries. <laughs> it's like a normie muggle cake. These are just, like, indescribable red orbs that just look <laughs> disgusting. So Harry is up in his room pretending he doesn't exist when yeah. all of a sudden... Uh, or no, he goes to his room and finds that there's a fucking gremlin jumping on his bed. Yeah, um, Dobby doesn't look great. I mean, it could have been worse. He still definitely looks like a computer-generated so image, but he does, like, fit in with the world. Yeah, so he does. once you kind of get used to him, it's not so bad. You want to know yeah. who voices Dobby, by the way? I didn't know this until I looked it up yesterday. Who? Is Toby Jones, the guy who plays Artem Zola in Captain America? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I could get paid to be like, Oh, Dobby, don't oh. go to Hogwarts! Then I would do that, too. Oh, but Master mustn't hurt me. I'm so sad and... Oh. <laughs> I'm so soft and punchable. <laughs> <coughs> don't raise your hand against me, don't Harry. Don't raise your hand against me. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, real quick, uh, how much time was in between the making of the first movie and the second movie? I do not know. Let me take a quick look. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> of secrets? <laughs> of secrets. Um, <laughs> Harry, Harry we have to go to the Chamber of Secrets. Secrets. Harry Potter and the secretions of oh, God. chambers. And the secretions of Voldemort. Um, okay, this one was 2002. Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, the first one was... It was Okay, so it came out a year later. Okay. It was Wait, real time. In my head... 
thinking about these movies, in the first and second movie, they're babies. They're just, like, the same yeah. age. They're both 11. But actually, like, watching them back to back, like, they grow a whole lot in the, in the second one. Like, oh, yeah, they are, totally. They are little tiny babies in the first one. But the second <laughs> one, they look like kids. Right. No, yeah, and... I, and... I, I think ahead. that's part of the reason why these movies are so endearing is because you really do watch the whole cast grow up, which is actually really cool. No, yeah, and that's one of those things that people always say, but I'm always like, uh, you know, yeah, you know, whatever. But I haven't, like, really revisited them in long enough. And now that I'm seeing, like, these two movies back-to-back, it's like, I can't think of any other series of movies that functions this same way. Yeah. Besides maybe, when, like, like, Harry boyhood. Potter comes down the stairs, and I'm like, look at this precious man. He's so much bigger than he was. <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, anyway, Dobby is like, oh, <clears throat> Dobby is like, oh, Harry, you mustn't go back to Hogwarts because very bad things will happen to you. And Harry's like, oh, I, I have to go back to Hogwarts because all, all my friends are there, even though they haven't been writing to me. And he kind of trails off because that's it's revealed that Harry Potter's friends haven't been keeping in touch with him and he's very sad it's about it. sad. Um, or no, actually, he says that earlier, and then Dobby is like, then how do you explain why your friends haven't been writing to you? And Harry's like, aha, I didn't tell you that my friends weren't writing to me. Um, no, no, what happened? No, you're getting the scene all wrong. No, I'm not. You're screwing up the whole movie. What is it? He's downstairs, he's talking to Vernon, and he's like, I have to go back to Hogwarts. He's like, who would be friends with you? And he's like, I've got lots of friends, they just haven't been writing to me. Right. And then Dudley goes, who would want to be friends with you? Okay. And then when Dobby comes up, Dobby's just like, even if his friends have not been writing to Harry Potter? And he's like, what? And then he's like, I have all the letters. And then Harry's like, give me the letters. And Dobby's like, no! But Dobby doesn't volunteer that he has the letters. He doesn't want him to know that Dobby's been doing it. I know, but he totally sells himself out. I mean, <laughs> right. He's like, I did it, it was me. And Harry's <laughs> like, what? And Dobby's like, the letters, it was, I did that, me. <laughs> Um, anyway, so then, he then, okay, so then we get to the meat of the seed, which is he runs downstairs, and he, like, picks up a cake with magic, and is like, Harry, <clears throat> Harry, if you don't, <laughs> Harry, if you don't tell me you're not going back to Hogwarts right now, I'm gonna drop this whole fucking cake on your uncle. Um, <laughs> Every Harry's, time... In any movie where they're like, say this thing or this bad thing will happen. It's like, why doesn't anyone just lie? Yeah, exactly. Like, just lie until they leave and then do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> right. It's like, just be like, okay, Dobby, I won't go back to Hogwarts. Wink! And what? then move on. <laughs> yeah. And I actually really like this sequence because it there's a genuine intensity to it. Like, oh, yeah. The stakes, we've been sold well enough on how he's treated by his aunt and uncle that the stakes in that moment of him, like, ruining their big event, like, feel really intense and immediate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then when Dobby does it, when he drops the whole fucking cake, who does he drop it on? Is it Aunt Petunia? No, he drops it on the lady that was visiting. Oh, okay. Um, regardless, he drops the cake, he succeeds, and it looks like Harry just did it with magic. Um, yeah. and they fucking lock him in his room and put bars on his window, and you're just like, oh, yeah. shit, like, that, uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that tracks. <laughs> that's bad. Um, oh, and I also want to make a note that, um, the, uh, the whole interaction between Harry and Dobby is kind of funny, because Harry clearly can't touch him, because he's not a real object. Yeah, <laughs> so not real. Every time he's, like, trying to get him to stop doing something, he just, like, stands in one place and is like... Dobby, no, please don't! 
He kind of like, like raises his arm a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. You think, like he's going to grab him, but then he doesn't. Right. <laughs> um, oh God, Dobby! If only I could stop you somehow. <laughs> But I do, there's several things I really like about the scene. First of all, I really like Harry's room because he has all these, like, Gryffindor, like, stickers and flags everywhere. And right. I'm like, does Hogwarts give you little sticker packets when you get accepted <laughs> into your house? Cause yeah, I wonder, I wonder how much he paid for <laughs> I know, I love it. But, uh, what was the other thing? Uh, we've talked about the themes of classism and racism in Harry Potter and how we prefer the classism one because right. racism one is kind of like, super heavy-handed right. and inconsistent at the same time. Yeah. I feel like this this scene really highlights the kind of racism subplot a whole lot because, like, Dobby is a slave. That's what he is. Right. But it's And he belongs to the Malfoys because the Malfoys are racists. And Dobby even says, he's like, I can't speak ill of my masters. And then Harry's like, I bet you haven't met a lot of good wizards. And he's like, I haven't. Oh, shit, I made fun of my family. And then he works himself <laughs> or whatever. Right. But it's just like, is it, it's, the racism is just like literally anything that isn't a pure blood <laughs> wizard. It's right. like dogs. Like, it's anything. <laughs> Um, like, oh, I'm better than the Whomping Willow because I'm <laughs> Lucius Malfoy. And it's like, it's, this, why? Right. Well, the whole house elf thing is weird, though, because they never, ever address it again. Okay. I hate the house elf subplot because yeah. we are told that Dobby is abused. And right. then I think it's either, I don't remember if it's the third or fourth one, but where Hermione does her whole thing of she wants house elves to be freed. Right. But and that's not book, in the movies. That's only in the no. book. But in the books, everyone around her is constantly telling her that she's stupid and an idiot and that she shouldn't be working for house elf rights because they like to work. Right. And that's what they like to do. And (laughs) I just wanted to, like, shout at J.K. Rowley, like, this is what they said about black racism. It (laughs) doesn't matter that they're fantasy elves. You can't just say that, J.K. Rowley. Right. And I guess what she's trying to establish is that typically house elves are very happy, but if their masters are, like, abusive, like Lucius Malfoy is, then it's a problem. But But they don't say that, you know? Yeah, it's also just a bad... It's a bad parallel to make. Super bad. And it's so unfortunate. Um... Yeah, no, I'm glad that they cut it out of the movie, because, like, just establishing that a messed up thing exists in this world is one thing, but, like, (laughs) making it so that, you know what it's like? It's like all the people who are like, oh, have you ever noticed how black people never get upset about racism? It's just liberal white people who are angry. That's That's what that whole sequence feels like. It's yeah. like it's like Hermione doesn't doesn't even know. She's just this bleeding heart liberal who wants to fix things yeah. that aren't problems. And like every like the characters make fun of Hermione, the book makes fun of Hermione. <laughs> right, yeah. It's just like she <laughs> it's just like especially in this whole story where they're like fighting against this ultimate evil, which is a metaphor for Nazism and racism and classism and all that stuff. Right. And then they have Hermione trying to do like this real like political statement that like a real <laughs> child would do. Right. And then having everyone tell her that she's a fucking idiot is just <laughs> right. like so unfortunate. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's stop critiquing the fourth book and yeah. <laughs> continue critiquing the second movie. Um, anyway. So yeah, they put bars on his window. And then, like, two seconds later, the Weasleys show up. 
Yeah, I love um, the Weasleys so much. <laughs> and so this is a weird scene, not only because we don't get to spend any time with Harry, like, being trapped in his room. It's like, we no. put bars on your window, you're here forever. Cut to the Weasleys show up. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And second of all, the Weasleys don't have any reason to be there. No. Like, I guess you could maybe make the argument that, like, oh, we haven't heard from Harry in a really long time. We better go check on him, make sure he's okay. But they definitely yeah. come prepared to, like bust him out of there. Like, yeah, that is true. I guess I always assumed that was the first thing. That was like, oh man, Harry hasn't been listening to us. We should go check on him. Right. But yeah, when they get home and Molly is like, what the fuck were you guys doing? And they're like, they had bars on his window, Mom. <laughs> it's like, how did you know that? How did, yeah, exactly. Have you been spying on him? Um, so anyway, Weasley show up, break him out in this flying car. Uh, yeah. George okay. is driving. George is like 13 in this movie, I think. It's fine. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? Listen, Ron drives this car like three times throughout the movie, and you're mad that George is driving the car. That's true. I don't know. It's Wizard World. Everything's weird. Yeah. Well, they also establish that that car is like definitely illegal, but they have it. Anyway. <laughs> oh right. Yeah. Um. So, uh, from there we go to the borough, which is the Weasley household, and it's like huge and magical and whimsical. And it's this whole thing that they do over and over again in this story where everybody involved is like, oh, I know our house is so little and broken and shitty, but Harry's just in awe of all magic. So he's like, no, it's the most wonderful thing I've ever seen. Um, please let me live here. <laughs> For God's sakes, please <laughs> let me live here. Um... And I'm trying to think. This is not especially exciting. I just want to, like, recap. Uh, we're introduced to Ginny Weasley, who's uh, Ron's younger sister, and she's very nervous because she's a big fan of Harry Potter. Um, mm. It's kind of like it's kind of like Mary Jane in Spider-Man, where it's like, oh, she's been, like, watching him and following him ever since she was a little girl, and then later they fuck. Um, <laughs> but okay. The... Uh, what else? Molly Weasley uh, is very upset. They meet the dad. And the they dad. Meet... Okay, okay, okay. That's another thing. Why, so, why can't I remember his name? Uh, Arthur Weasley. Arthur. So Arthur Weasley is like the professor of muggle studies at the Ministry of Magic. He's all about researching and figuring out stuff about muggles. Um, but like, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Okay. <laughs> because like, the muggles, you could just look at them and ask them things. They don't have to know you're a wizard. It'd be like if there was a whole section of the government in America dedicated to British stuff. I like, know. <laughs> like, just trying the, to okay. figure out what's up with British people. The relationship of the wizarding world and the muggle world is so bonkers. Yeah. Because they literally kind of have to coexist, at least on some level, because right. the whole point of this movie is that there's a bunch of muggle-born wizards. Right. So you have this, like, pretty large population of muggles who kids are wizards or whose spouses are wizards. Right. And they have to, like, know about the world around them. But for right. some reason, wizards don't know what the fuck is going on in the muggle <laughs> yeah, world. I know. And it's like, you live there. It's like two out of our three protagonists grew up in the muggle world. And now you're yeah. trying to tell us that nobody has any idea what's up with muggle world. And it's like, you could just ask, like, anybody. Yeah, and it's like, how does this society even function? Because they don't have... 
all this like weird basic stuff. He's like, what is the function of a rubber duck? And it's like, why don't you have a rubber duck? Yeah, you there's can nothing exclusively the muggle about a rubber one. duck. Yeah. And then, okay, and then later, Ron fixes his broken wand with tape. And that just is <laughs> so many questions. Because, there's not a wand fixing spell. In the wizardy world. <laughs> if you have magic spells that fix things, why didn't you just fucking fix it with magic with your friend Hermione who fixes things on camera several times? Right. Maybe if, maybe if, they just give tape to the young kids who don't know magic yet so they can fend for themselves until they learn all the good spells. Bullshit. <laughs> and, and it's like if that's if tape is a muggle thing and he like got it from his dad or something, it's still Hey, welcome to Magic World. Fix your th- broken thing with tape. Like, what? <laughs> anyway, backing so, up. Yeah, where are we at? Um, so, next step is all the Weasleys are going to go shopping at Diagon Alley. Um, <laughs> and they get to Diagon Alley via this magical powder that you stand in a fireplace and you throw it down and you say where you want to go and it, you catch on fire and then you go there. Um but you've got to be very clear. And Harry stands in it, and instead of saying Diagon Alley, he says bitch and throws it down. <laughs> and he ends up in like Sex Predator Alley, I guess. <laughs> like, like he walks out, and like immediately a whole bunch of creepy old white people are just like, oh, "Where are you going? We okay, can help you get where you need to go." Okay, first of all. The joke that they do is a stupid joke because they're going to Diagon Alley. Wow, I said it wrong. <laughs> yeah, you would have ended up in the Sex Predator Alley. Yeah, they're going to Diagon Alley. <laughs> but so Harry Potter says diagonally, like a direction, diagonally. And so then the shot is him coming diagonally out of a fireplace. That's the joke. Okay. I didn't write it. I did experience it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I still don't... What is the alleyway that they're in called? It's not called anything similar to Diagonally, so uh, I don't no, know... No, it's Nocturne Alley. Yeah, so why did he go there? He did. What he said did not sound like Nocturne Alley. Right. Anyway, Hagrid shows up because, of, of course, he does. Yeah. And I was going to say, they kind of make it seem like... There's this weird little mystery subplot with Hagrid, like, what was he doing in that creepy alley? But it's just, like, what he said he was doing was what he was doing. I mean, yeah, he's like, oh, I was getting this uh, thing that kills slugs. And everyone was like, okay. Like, it's not suspicious (laughs) at all. He's just like, I need this thing that kills stuff. And we're like, okay, cool, bye, Hagrid. I don't know. I definitely, the first time he says it, it definitely felt at least a little bit suspicious to me. He was like, oh, uh, I was just getting slug repellent. And then it's like... Later, he uses slug repellent on stuff, and you're like, oh, you, <laughs> you were just no, getting slug repellent. The first time, it totally reads that he's just like, oh, I was just doing this. It's like, okay, bye, Hagrid. Like, I don't know. It was just like, okay. I have to get this thing here. It's like, okay, that's not, that's fine. <laughs> we can agree to well, Especially because he's like the gamekeeper. He has to do weird stuff, so right. if he has to go somewhere sketchy, it like makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um... But so then they run in, Harry reunites with the Weasleys, and they find Hermione... And then they go into a bookstore where Hot Guy McGee is. <laughs> right, okay, yeah, yeah. Gilderoy Lockhart, played by Kenneth Branagh. Um, yep. Who is wonderful. 
<laughs> I I really really like him in this movie. Um and all the women are so in love with him. Um but all the dudes see right through him. Uh yeah. women are so dumb. Um and what else? Women oh. only like chads. <laughs> Um, they don't like smart guys like me, for for example, <laughs> like or me, any JK other guy. Who, uh... <laughs> so, um, sorry, we have a lot of weird and then weird pauses in this episode, but that's just the way that this movie is. Yeah, uh, things just kind of like happen in this movie. Right. Uh, they meet up with uh, Lucius Malfoy, who turns out is a big dick. <laughs> Like walks up and is like, "Hi, I'm a Death Eater." It's like, okay, <laughs> you know that's Harry Potter, right? <laughs> like, it, it, it's just like he's like, "Oh man, Voldemort, so cool, am I right, kids?" And Harry's like, "Oh, excuse me, sir, he killed my parents." And Lucius is like, "Yeah, cool, right?" Yeah, I know. That's what I like about him. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, anyway, it's super clear that the Weasleys and the Malfoys don't get along, and that the Malfoys are super evil. Um, yeah, and during <laughs> that scene, Lucius Malfoy No, sh- picks don't, up give, one don't of, give it away. No, because they show you, he picks up a book that Ginny was holding, and then puts it back. But when he puts it back, there's one more book than there was before. <laughs> what does that mean? We'll see. Um... Uh, okay. they're done shopping. So then we get my favorite shot in the whole movie, where <clears throat> they're about to board the Hogwarts Express. They're going through the wall, as per usual. Um, and Harry and Ron are like, okay, let's go. And they start running towards the wall, and they just slam headfirst into it. Yeah. And it's like um, this really good, like, one-take <laughs> practical shot of these two kids just, just slamming into a wall. And I think it's so good. But the best part about that shot is that they definitely do it uh, Hedwig first. <laughs> right. So, sorry, Harry. Hedwig is fucking dead. <laughs> oh, let me skip something that I want to talk about. Back at Diagon Alley, when they're okay. shopping at the bookstore, uh, there's a shot where Lucius Malfoy is like, fuck you, Hermione, you're a mudblood. And uh, we have the shot looking over to Hermione's parents, who are just like in like sweaters and jeans in the middle of Wizard Town, <laughs> and I think it's so funny. <laughs> oh, I didn't even remember that. I'll have yeah, to look no, back for a, that. It's just this quick little shot where they like look over <laughs> to Hermione's parents, and I think they're talking to Arthur, and they're just like in like super regular clothes. I'm like, <laughs> right? what supportive parents? I love them that, so much. That's really funny, actually. I'll have to yeah. go back and look for that. Um. <laughs> So uh, they're like, oh, no, what are we going to do? We can't get to Hogwarts. The train just left. We, we were planning on boarding the train with zero seconds to spare, and now there's <laughs> nothing we can do. Um, <laughs> we thought we would do this at the last second, as always. <laughs> so they get uh, – so presumably they just go back to their house. I don't know how they do that, but they do. And they get – No, 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 no. They drove the car there. No, they didn't. They took the flu powder there. No, that's, no, different thing, different day. Are you super sure? Yeah, no, okay. because when they can't get in, Harry and Ron, Ron goes, well, we should just go wait by the car. And then, no, Harry goes, we should just wait by the car. Oh, and then okay. Ron goes, the car. Okay, gotcha. So they go to the car, and they take this flying car, and they fly it all the way to Hogwarts, and they almost get hit by a train from that meme, remember? Um, yeah. But... Boop, 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 <laughs> boop, 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 bo
the I don't know. I guess it's just weird to me that they're so secretive about where Hogwarts is in geography. Like this whole well, first franchise. Of all, it's in Ireland, which is kind of fucked up. <laughs> okay. Why is that fucked up? Because all these up? British kids are here. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. No, nothing against Ireland. I'm saying all these British people right. are just like going to Ireland, and it's like, hey, where are the Irish people? Um, but like, they're so. But that's, like, a whole thing in this whole story. It's like, nobody knows exactly where it is. You just get on the train yeah. and you get there. But they just take the car and they just drive there. Yeah, so... Like, <laughs> presumably, they're, like, following the train, but it's like, there's a whole bunch of trains coming out of this station, and, like, how do yeah. they know which one it is? And they're not, like, actually following the train tracks. They're just, like, they find it. Yeah. I don't know. It's super weird. Yeah, because that's the whole thing in the fourth book, isn't it? Where they're like, when the other schools come, and they're like, oh man, how are the other schools going to figure out how to get here? And they talk right. about like all the secret stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then it's I, nighttime. That <laughs> whole scene where they're following the train on in the car is just like, Harry Potter has been begging to be a roller coaster for so long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're like, look at all this flying and swooping around and dangling out of dangerous areas. Doesn't right. this look fun, kids? Please. <laughs> so, um, they almost get by a train. Uh, yes. Next cut, it's nighttime. Unlike in Power <laughs> Rangers, where they do get hit by right. a train. <laughs> so, um, they get to the castle, but they run into a big tree. Whoops. Whoopsie daisy. Um, but then it turns out that the tree is alive and it's gonna beat the shit out of them. And it's gonna womp ya. Yeah, yeah. So this is the whomping willow, and the car gets the shit beat out of it, and the kids narrowly escape. And, um, then. As a kid, I always just accepted that it was called the whomping willow, but now <laughs> as a person, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's really funny. It's the whomping willow. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the but then the car once it finally hits ground and they drive away just ejects everything out of it and drives away into the forest all by itself which we have not <laughs> which we have not established is a thing that could happen no it's all. just like hey unconscious now fuck you and leave like it would have been so easy to establish that the car can think for itself earlier yeah they don't no. Like, maybe they rescue Harry, and he gets in, and nobody's driving, and he's like, why is nobody driving? It's like, oh, the car's enchanted, it can drive itself. Boom. Oh, is it wizarding stuff? So hilarious, Harry. Yeah. And it's just like, that would have been so, so, so easy, and it would have made that whole scene, like, work so much better, but they just didn't do it. The car just up and drives away. <laughs> well, it's... Going back, like, a second, I get that the Whomping Willow is there to keep kids out of the Shrieking Shack, because there's a secret passageway or whatever, but, like, why would you, this is, this is being a dead horse again, right. but why would you have the Whomping Willow at a school? <laughs> right. Do you know what little kids love? Trees. <laughs> and you're gonna make a tree that punches you if you get near it. Are you serious? <laughs> They could have just called it the punching tree. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Jimmy, don't go near the tree. That's the punching tree. So uh, they get in big trouble, and Snape is like, I'm going to fucking expel you. And Dumbledore's like, oh, no, you're not. Uh, McGonagall is just going to give you detention. Um, so yeah. that's that's cool. It's actually kind of intense. I like that scene. The stakes feel, yeah. feel pretty heavy. It's the only time that Snape is in this movie. Yeah, pretty much. 
Um, except for the dueling club. Uh, That's true. But anyway, there's a line. I don't remember precisely where this falls in the sequence of events, but there's a moment where Ron like looks at his broken wand. Ron's wand broke during the the this whole sequence. It got by whomped. the way, yeah, <laughs> his wand got whomped. Um, <laughs> but like he's looking at his wand and he's like, "Oh, just say it. Oh, I'm doomed." And Harry goes, "You're doomed." <laughs> the funniest thing in the world. Like, these kids are all so much funnier in this movie than they were in the first one. And that, that line gets me Ron, every time. Ron, you're doomed. <laughs> Harry's just so deadpan. He's just like, yeah, you're, you're fucking screwed. <laughs> Man, that sucks. <laughs> okay, so this you is a long movie. You couldn't afford bread earlier because you're going to die. <laughs> this is a long movie, and we got to keep going. Um, so then we get introduced that Gilderoy Lockhart is actually their new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. Right. And all the girls are like, oh, hell yeah, hot ass teacher. And all the boys <laughs> are like, oh, damn it. Oh, no. even at 13, we can see that this guy's a fraud, but no woman is intelligent enough to understand that. They're so blinded no. by their just... By his ripply pecs. His raw sexuality. And flowy shirt. <laughs> okay, and then so Gilderoy Lockhart is like, I am the best wizard who has ever lived. Um, I'm super sexy, and now I'm just gonna let all these pixies destroy the classroom. Right. And then that's the end of the scene. Yep. Uh, so. And then, wait, hold on. So, but the. Next is Quidditch, right? Or not Quidditch, but the scene where they get in a fight over Quidditch. Yes. So, uh,. Harry on the Quidditch team uh, is about to go practice on the Quidditch pitch when Slytherin's there, and they're like, "Oh, hey, we we were supposed to practice today," and the Slytherins are like, "Oh no, Snape said we could practice today because that's that's just how this works, I guess. Snape can just write a note, and we can have the Quidditch pitch whenever we want. It's like, how does this whole system not crumble in on itself? Yeah, whatever. It's like, hey, we said we like signed up on the sign sheet, and we were like, hey, it's our turn, and Snape's like, no." <laughs> you can't. But, um, no, you can't. Not today. Then it's revealed that Malfoy is the new seeker on the Slytherin team. And, and he bought his way in. Yeah, and his dad like bought the whole team Nimbus 2001s. I know. <laughs> which is the funniest thing in this whole franchise. It's like... It is, it's read so straight, too. Like, it I wasn't know. a joke. <laughs> Wow, he got the Nimbus 2001. <laughs> I have the Nimbus Infinity. Well, I have the Nimbus Infinity in one. <laughs> um, but this is where we get introduced to um, the term mudblood, because that's what uh, uh, Malfoy calls Hermione when they get all up in his grill. Um, and uh, I actually, I really like this, even though, like, the sort of the rules of what is a slur and what isn't in Wizard World are super weird. Um, yeah. I think as a piece of children's media, this is a really, really smart way to introduce kids to, like, the realities of what racism looks like, you know? Yeah. And Even it's, if it's only against white people, but it is, yeah, it's a good way to introduce it. Right, yeah. No, yeah, this is totally one of those things that's, like, a story with only white people in it that's totally about racism. See also the X-Men yeah. and the Incredibles and, I, I don't so know what else. Yeah. All of them. Um, but, 
the sorry, give me just a moment. Let me read. But yeah, so it's like I think it's just a good and like simple, easy way to introduce kids to the fact that like this is a kind of thing that can happen, and it's not always you know violence and killings. It's just like yeah. things that happen between people, and they haven't really. It's not always just Voldemort. Yeah, exactly. They haven't really done anything on that sort of scale in this series so far, and I thought that was a really smart idea to introduce in a story for kids like this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, but then Ron tries to cast a, a spell on Malfoy, but it backfires on him because his wand's broken and he starts fucking vomiting slugs everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really good. And my favorite part about it is that they're just like, oh no, let's go talk to Hagrid. He'll know what to do. It's like, what the, why would Hagrid know what to do? <laughs> like, take him to the nurse. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. And then Hagrid's just like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Here's a bucket. Yeah, have fun with your slugs, Ron. (laughs) Uh, When they go to Hagrid's house, does anything happen there? Uh, Hermione and Hagrid have this cool moment where Hagrid's like, you're you're cool. Oh, that's right. They, like, unpack all the implications of the mudblood stuff. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a super good scene, and I really (laughs) like it. Uh, so then they find, uh, Harry gets detention... Well, he's serving his detention with right. Gilderoy Lockhart, yeah. and his detention is signing fan mail, like little pictures of him for Gilderoy Lockhart. Right, just one more little thing that, like, he's a fraud, he's not even signing his own yeah. things. And I don't think anything happens in that scene between them. I think Gilderoy Lockhart's just like, I'm super cool, Harry, you're cool, like me. And Harry's <laughs> right. like, okay, can I go? Uh, and then Harry starts hearing this, like, demonic voice in his head that's like, Oh, damn, son, I want to do some murder. And, like, <laughs> blood is delicious. <laughs> no, one of the lines in this is so fucking intense. It's like, rip. I want to rip. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that is messed up. My Why would you put that in here? blood. <laughs> And then Harry turns a corner and horrifyingly runs into Hermione and Ron. Oh yeah, they do a fake out. And then, and then Hermione and Ron are like, "Harry, what are you doing?" And Harry's like, "There's a snake. There, I hear, I hear scary." Don't give it and away. They're like, oh no. They don't know it's a snake. Yet. It's not a snake. D- listeners at home, it's not a snake. It's, it's, it's not a snake. It's a not. Don't mouse. think that. Anyway. And then they go around another corner, and there's this writing in blood on the wall, and there's a cat hanging from one of the light posts. And then every single student in the entire <laughs> school turns the corner. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, so and, that's um, Filch's cat, Mrs. Norris, has been paralyzed, and but they think it's dead. And the yeah. writing on the wall in blood says, the Chamber of Secrets has been opened, and something about the heir of Slytherin. Enemies of the air, beware. Yeah. Um, and, and everyone on the planet thinks that Harry did it. <laughs> and uh, then Filch, the guy who owns the cat, shows up and is fucking super scary. Uh, and threatens to murder Harry <laughs> yeah, Potter in front of the entire student right? body. <laughs> yeah, no, and I actually really like that scene because, like, it yeah. is, it's kind of over the top, but it feels real in that moment you know like he sees it and he's just like did you kill my cat i i'll 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 kill you and you're like oh fuck i'll kill you yeah (laughs) i'll kill you (laughs) do you have anything you want to say to your 12 year old student (laughs) i'll kill you (laughs) 
<laughs> it really is like the same scenario. Okay. Um, Don't swear. <laughs> the um. Uh, oh, and you want to hear a really uh, good joke that, that I... Wait. wait, wait, no, no, wait. Do you want to hear a really good joke that I have written down in my in my notes? Okay, sure. Uh, the cash name Mrs. Norris, by the way. Um, okay. And I said, do you think Mrs. Norris is related to Chuck? <laughs> Chuck Norris? Goofs. Um, Abound. Anyway, so, so, so the next they, class... Before they, no, hold on. Before they find Mrs. Norris... Uh, a bunch of spiders crawl out a window, and it's disgusting, and I hate it. Oh, okay. Um, so the next class, they go to their just, like, regular spellcasting class with Professor McGonagall, and here's what they're doing. Um, they're turning animals into cups. <laughs> <laughs> today Which is totally okay, apparently. Yeah. You, this is, today's the day in class where we learn this, when we learn this spell that makes an animal into a cup, if you ever need that, just in case. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fuck thermoses. I need a cup now. Come here, crow. Anyway, that is just one of the most buck wild things in this whole series of movies, I think. <laughs> and it's not really that funny. I just felt like I needed to draw attention to it because well, it, that is insane. It's really helpful when, you know, you're wandering through the forest and you come across a babbling brook and you're a wizard. So, of course, it's a babbling brook. And you're like, man, if only I had some type of hollowed out sphere that I could put this water into and then a flock of crows goes by and you're like, aw, time's up, fuckers and you turn one of those <laughs> bastards into a cup <laughs> Okay, but anyway <laughs> and Then you have a cup During the course of this class, well first Ron's broken wand turns his pet mouse into a gross mouse cup um, and then one of the kids is like, Professor, Professor McGonagall, what's the air of Slytherin? And she's like, I actually kind of like the scene because I like that the teacher just decides to be transparent and actually tell them something. Yeah. I, I like once. it when stuff like that happens versus everything always being all secret. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you because I don't <laughs> want to. Right. Um, but she tells them that uh, at the beginning of time there were four dudes and a girl who made Hogwarts. There's always one girl. Yeah. No more. Let me see if I can remember the names. It was Salazar Slytherin and Godric Gryffindor and uh, Ro- Rowena Ravenclaw and... Oh, was it Helga Hufflepuff? I think so. Were there two women? I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. I, th- I, think, I think it's Helga Hufflepuff. Yeah. That seems weird, though, because all the other names are super weird and Helga's not that weird of a name. I don't know. Um, that might be wrong. The but yeah so uh, but Salazar Slytherin was like oh I think this school should be whites only and all the other people were like uh, no we should not have it be that way and Salazar Slytherin was so mad about it that he left the whole school and didn't want to be a part of it anymore while they were building it but for some reason we still have a whole house named after him yeah it's pretty, we're still talking about him <laughs> yeah. and like celebrating him <laughs> it's just group- like. It's not even like the school existed for years and years, and this only came out later. It, they make it seem like when the school was founded, he wanted it to only be pure blood wizards, and he left over it like as soon as they got together. But for some reason, we're still—he's still like one of the main tenets well, upon which we rest, like the entire identity yeah. of the school. Well, because he built his secret chambers inside the castle, so I think it was like a little bit after the school started going right. that he left. Maybe. But like still, yeah. So anyway, why do we still allow him to have his whites only evil part of the school <laughs> right. where all of the bad guys go? Yeah. 
Um, but he built a special chamber because he was so mad because that can happen. And yeah. uh, only his descendant can open it because he was a parcel tongue. He could talk to snakes. Um, also, so, there's a big monster in it. Yeah, there's a big horrible monster in it. And it was opened one other time before and a girl died. Um, but it all got figured out and everything's fine now. Or so we think. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, that's the sort of expedition dump in that scene. I actually like that scene a lot, but mm-hmm. it's still a big expedition. I keep saying expedition dump. Exposition yeah. dump. Um, so I forget what order the next few things happens in, because then uh, the heir of Slytherin is a parcel tongue. Right. And uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione all think that Malfoy is the is the heir right. because he will not stop talking about how much he wants all non-white people to die. <laughs> I know. Just no, okay, like we'll get to that when we get to the actual apologies potion sequence. Um, but uh, so yeah, they decide they're going to make apologies potion so they can, uh, which is a potion that transforms you into somebody else. So they can spy on him and see if he really is the heir of Slytherin. They have to do so much shit just to talk to Draco Malfoy for like <laughs> <know>. two seconds. <laughs> um, they also meet Moaning Myrtle, who is the ghost of a dead child who hangs out in one of the bathrooms. Right. She's my favorite character. She's the <laughs> Which best. Which is whatever. Um, <laughs> I, this might as well happen. If I had my way, I, I want Moaning Myrtle to be like a part of their crew moving forward. I want, like, I the know. main cast of these movies to be Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Myrtle. Because I think she's <laughs> the best character in this whole goddamn like franchise. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I just think she's great. Um, but, I don't know, she's just so funny to me. Like, she's just so, like, sad. I don't know, because I like everybody who's really pitiful in these movies. Yeah, you like pitiful characters, apparently. You um, like pitiful children. <laughs> the uh, But, yeah, shortly afterwards... Uh, is the first big Quidditch game of the year, um, where Dobby has enchanted one of the evil Quidditch balls to like really go after Harry and try to beat the shit out of him. No, no, um, no, that wasn't that wasn't Dobby. That was Lucius Malfoy. No, that was Dobby. He says something later about I thought my bludges would have done the trick. Are you sure? I'm I very don't sure. think Dobby would try to straight up murder no, Harry I'm Potter. No, I'm very, very, very sure that Dobby did the bludger. Hold on. Oh, I don't think I like Dobby anymore. <laughs> did Dobby do the bludger? I swear that was Lucius Malfoy because he's at the game for some reason. Yes, <laughs> literally. Okay, first of all, I love Google because I just typed in "Did Dobby do the bludger?" and it gave me a response immediately <laughs> to the question I wanted. It says the rogue bludger was a bludger that Dobby tampered with in early November of 1992. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for the date on that. I really love that. Um, It also says Dobby had hoped that Harry Potter would be injured and sent home from Hogwarts. Okay. So Dobby Defo did the bludger. So Defo tried to just straight up murder Harry Potter. Hashtag Dobby did the bludger. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, so the big Quidditch game. So this ball is like really coming after Harry, trying to beat him up. And Harry's response to that is to just like fly around as close to the audience as possible. <laughs> yeah. And have the ball just like smash through all of the stands. Like, yeah. Um, and nothing falls over or anything, but I would have really loved in that scene if like this rogue bludger just like demolishes one of the stands that's like super tall and all the people fall like 300 <laughs> feet. Anyway. Why do you want everyone to die, Jackson? <laughs> I'm just saying actions should have consequences, is all. <laughs> and Harry needs to pay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the Quidditch win. sequence in this one is much, much better than it was in the first one. It is. Because you actually see them kind of playing the game a little bit before you get into like the plot stuff. Which they didn't do in the first one. The first one was just like, here's Harry. Everybody else is playing a game, doesn't matter. Here's Harry, he's doing his thing. Yeah. Um, well, no, Harry literally just, like, watches the game while the Slytherin are all bad guys. Right. Um, and then in this one, they're just, like, playing the sport, which is nice. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but then also, you know, regardless of that rogue bludger, he's still got to win the game, and he's the youngest seeker in a century, so he's got to prove himself. Um, so him and Malfoy, who are both seekers, are, like, fighting over the snitch, and there's a bit where, uh, Malfoy falls off his broom, and it's, like, one of the most brutal, like, stunt performances in any of these movies. Like, it's so intense the way he falls. He, like, lands on his ass and, like, snaps his whole, like, torso forward on the ground, and, like, makes like he's gonna throw up afterwards. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, like, I felt that, that was rough, oof. Yeah, okay, I know that Malfoy is, like, a huge asshole and is the villain of this movie <laughs> or whatever, but he does that, and that looks terrible. Yeah. And then, but basically what happens in the rest of the scene is that Harry catches a snit- snitch and wins, but he gets hit by the bludger and it breaks his arm. Right. And then Gilderoy Lockhart is like, I'll fix it, I'm a wizard, and then he removes all the bones from Harry's arm. <laughs> Which is great. So then he goes to the hospital. So both Harry and Malfoy are in the hospital wing, and Malfoy's like, fuck, dude, I'm in so much pain. And the nurse is like, fuck you, Draco, get out of my hospital. I know. It's and like, like oh that, And that crash is so intense. You're just like, oh, Malfoy, yeah. what's up with him? Is he okay? And then we're just told, like, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> You're like, oh. Yeah. Like, they take, like, a whole shot to tell you just how bad Draco fell. <laughs> right. And they're like, also, we don't care about him. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, then... The whole thing with... Um, Gilderoy Lockhart, like, removing all the bones from his arm is just indicative of, like, this movie has a lot more fun with magic than the first one did, I think. Yeah. Like, it's just more creative about the kinds of things that can happen, you know? Yeah. And then he goes to the nurse with it, and she just pulls out this bottle that's just like, oh, yeah, here's the bone regrowing juice. And you're like, yeah. oh, nice. <laughs> And then Harry's the like, ouch. the bone hurting <laughs> yeah, juice. exactly. And then Harry sits in his bed and is like, ouch, oof, my bones for the next couple yeah. of scenes. Um, so th- Harry's in the hospital, and it's nighttime, and he starts hearing the murder voice again, and it keeps going, kill, kill, <laughs> right. blood. And it's like, okay. And then uh, he horrifyingly runs into Dobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh-huh. Dobby is, let's be real, Horrifying. Horrifying. And um, trying to kill Harry. And that's when he reveals that he did the bludger. Hashtag Dobby did the bludger. Um, and what else? That's pretty much it. Uh, also and that then he wouldn't Dob- let him on the oh, train. No, and then Dobby's like, I'm the one who blocked the portal too. Right. And then Dobby's like, dude, shit's going south. You're going to die. And Harry's like, no. 
No, I will not. You are wrong. You are wrong. You want to know how Is I know? Is the next scene... Because I'm a strong, proud wizard, and you're a fucking house elf. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because this movie's the... about racism. Yeah. And how... It is bad? <laughs> anyway. Um, it's bad, right? <laughs> yeah. So, okay, the next, so... The next scene is the duel, right? Right. Which is, let me be clear here, this scene includes the first spell that Harry Potter ever casts in this ever series of does. movies. This is, like, almost two-thirds of the way through the second movie. They had other things to do. <laughs> but yeah, okay, this this sequence in particular is like Dutch Angle it like it's Dutch See? Angle O'Clock. Um <laughs> <laughs> And which is weird because it's not like a particularly weird or intense scene. No, it's but for kind some of reason boring. everything's like just canted the whole way through. Um But yeah, he has to... Okay, well, first, Snape beats the shit out of Gilderoy Lockhart, because he's a fraud. Um, okay, well, wait, 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 wait. So, they're doing these duels, because Gilderoy Lockhart is like, because all the shit is going south, I've been asked to teach you how to defend yourselves. Right. Which he hasn't been doing in the defense against <laughs> right. the dark arts, arts class, I guess. And so he's like, to show you, I'm gonna have uh, Snape do it. And Snape is super lame, so I'm going to kick his ass. And then Snape kills him or whatever. <laughs> No, but, but, okay, so what Snape does is that he casts Expelliarmus on Gilderoy Lockhart, but Lockhart just, like, goes flying across yeah. the room, which is not what Expelliarmus does. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that's true. There's, like, they're creative with the magic in this one, which is fine, but they, like, don't follow their own rules. Like, every single spell they cast in this whole movie sends people flying, even right. though that's not what it does. Yeah, but, okay... Expelliarmus hasn't been established as a thing yet, and they probably change the rules later, um, and I don't remember how it goes in the book, but I'm sure it's just a production <laughs> error, and I'm basically I'm just trying to say that it's really hard for me to care about this, because it's clearly just a, a production error. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, yeah, and then they're like, oh, now Harry and Malfoy are gonna duel, because whatever. Because um, it's because they're main characters. It's whatever. <laughs> right. Um, and then so they get up and they start dueling and they like get really intense about it and the teachers are like, "Stop! You're gonna kill each other." Um, Ew. And then Malfoy rip. shoots. <laughs> You're going to rip each other. <laughs> and then Malfoy Yikes. shoots a snake out of his wand, um, which is not a euphemism. And... Yeah, which is a spell that they've been <laughs> teaching second years, apparently. Right. Um, the snake shooting spell. <laughs> and But then, when the snake starts to attack one of the other students, Harry just talks to it like it's not a big deal. He's like, I Don't, don't do it. Don't eat my friend. Um, and that's a, that's a big deal. And then deal. everyone's like, why are you telling that snake to murder him? And he's like, I was doing the opposite. I was telling it to not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then we learned that the heir of Slytherin was a parcel tongue, and now everybody thinks that Harry is the heir of Slytherin because he's also a parcel tongue, and everybody knows it now. Um, then, oh, and there's another really good moment where they say, Harry, you're a parcel mouth. And he's like, 
I'm a what? <laughs> and I just hope that like every movie from now on has somebody telling Harry that he is something and him saying, I'm a what? Yeah. Afterwards. <laughs> I'm a what? Delivered in precisely the same way. Yes. Um, <laughs> so... And yeah, this is, is another example of Harry like not necessarily doing anything or showing any admirable qualities, but being a hero just because of something he happens to be. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but and you know what? By the end of this movie, Harry is a lot more of a character and a better protagonist than he has oh, yeah, been totally. previously. But there's still a lot of that, just like because he's special, <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. You know. No, that's um, the whole finale of this movie. Oh uh, yeah, totally. Um, so next is the polyjuice potion scene, right? Right. So they're at the Great Hall, and Hermione's like, All right, here's our plan to talk to Malfoy for two seconds. <laughs> uh, you're going to get uh, Crab and Goyle's hair by roofing them. Yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. then we're all going to turn into Slytherins, because I already weirdly stole some girl's hair. <laughs> Which is and like, they why couldn't that. they just do the same thing to Crab and Goyle? Why did they have to <laughs> drug yeah, him first? <laughs> Alright, but then, so they do that, and they drink the polyjuice potion, and they're like, oh, it's gross, I'm gonna throw up. And they come out of the bathroom, and they're like, you look like Crab, and you look like Goyle! Wow! <laughs> and I just also and want then, to point out that Crab and Goyle are, like, so comically stupid in this movie. <laughs> I know. Like, they just walk around, and they see some, like, weird floating pastries, and they're just like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm gonna eat this immediately! <laughs> <laughs> then pass the fuck out! Yeah. And, and, and they, then Hermione... Yeah, go ahead. And Hermione's in the bathroom. It's like, I, I, no, you go. I'm good. I don't want. I don't want it anymore. I mean, go. You do it. I'm in here. And they're like, all right, shrug emoji. Girls take so long in the bathroom. What's with that? They always travel in groups. <laughs> so then, uh, Crab and Goyle, Ron and Harry walk around and almost get in trouble. And then Malfoy finds them, and they go to the Slytherin uh, house area den and then Malfoy talks for a very long time on how he hates Hermione and wants her to literally actually die right no yeah because she's a mudblood and that um is like and there's yeah god that is and I love it's just so much like anyway here's what I think about Harry Potter and Ron Weasley yeah. <laughs> like, they just sit down and they just start talking about him immediately. And then he's like, I've heard that last time the snake was here... Not a snake, it's not a snake, we don't know it's a snake. Last time yeah. the monster was here, a mudblood died. This time, I hope it's Hermione Granger. And it's like, Jesus Christ, yeah. Malfoy! Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Actually, I think we do have this out of order. I think the Polyjuice isn't until after... Um, uh, they find another paralyzed kid and Harry goes to the principal's office. But oh, I guess I it doesn't matter it what that. order those happen in, so we can just finish off this scene. Um, yeah. So then, but anyway, Harry's like, or Malfoy's like, I literally want her to die, and then they both leave suddenly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, they they come back and we find that Hermione has been turned into a cat because it was cat hair that she got. So she's this crazy, freaky cat lady in the bathroom stall. Um, so that's and, and we don't. Moaning Myrtle will not let her live it down. Yeah, no, Moaning Myrtle thinks it's hilarious, um, which is so good. Um, but the, <laughs> the uh, and then she just goes to the nurse, like 
earlier when something happened that it was like a regular normal thing to happen. They were like, we should talk to Hagrid. But this time when they were doing something bad and could get in trouble for what they were doing and something goes wrong, they just go to the regular nurse. Like this time you should go to Hagrid because he's not going to switch on you. Yeah, you're not allowed to be making the polyjuice potion. That's <laughs> right. the whole thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just like to imagine Hermione was just like, we made a, um, a turn into a cat potion on purpose, <laughs> but I I didn't realize it's not but as I fun as I thought it, it would be. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't want this. So, um, yeah, anyway, then they find another paralyzed kid, um, and... The entire school shows up once again. Um, yeah. And I mean, okay, at first I was mad about the coincidence of Harry always finding the paralyzed kid first, but then I remember that it's because he's following the whispering that he's hearing in the walls. So yeah. he, like, is led to the paralyzed kids. That's why he always finds them first. Um, but, uh, so then they're like, okay, this is twice. This is, you know, we have to consider this. Stop. Um, so they send her to the principal's office. And there's this great moment where he walks in and he looks at the phoenix and it catches fire and Dumbledore comes out and Harry's like, uh, somebody killed your bird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was like this when I got here. <laughs> um, but it's a phoenix and its tears have magical powers. Anyway. Of course. Um, that's pretty much it. Dumbledore's like, I believe you. I yeah. know you didn't do it. Uh, see you later. Um, so then Harry Potter is walking around again. Okay, well, I forget wait. what he was doing. The next thing I have written in my notes is, anyways, so now it's Christmas. Um, does anything happen at Christmas, or is there just a little moment where they're like, it's Christmas now? No, that's now. when Hermione talks about roofing Crab and Goyle. Oh, okay, so we're way out of order here. Yeah, we are. Okay. Um, Editing, do it. Okay. Uh, so then... Oh, 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 then this is when... Harry finds the diary in the bathroom yeah. when Hermione turns into a cat. Um, yeah. And so he so, finds this weird diary in the bathroom, and he's just like, okay, oh, cool. So, hey, Harry, <laughs> uh, you've been looking at weird shit, and the past three times you've looked at the weird shit, you've gone blamed for it, and then gotten in trouble. <laughs> Why are you still looking at the weird shit right. when it happens? Well, to me, I'm more concerned about the fact that he just sees this book, and he's just like, oh, tight. This book is covered in toilet water. I'm going to take it home and start to write in it. Just, I'll keep it as my own diary. Like, why? Well, because Moaning Myrtle is like, someone threw this book at me. And Harry's like, can I have it? (laughs) Oh, tight. It's an empty book covered in piss water. My favorite. (laughs) It's been inside of a ghost. Um, but anyway, uh, then he finds out that it's Tom Riddle's diary and there's some weird magic shit and he gets sucked right into the book and it's a flashback where he learns about Tom Riddle, who was the original heir of Slytherin. I'm trying to speed no, it up because no, we're no, going no, really long. No. What happens is that he meets, he go Tom Riddle is like, I can't tell you what happened. And Harry's like, oh man, oh beans. And he's like, but I can show you. And then he gets sucked into the journal. And then in the journal, he sees the scene where the dead girl is being carried out of Hogwarts. Right. And Tom Riddle's like, hey, Dumbledore, what's going to happen? And he's like, oh, man, Tom, my favorite student. I love you so much. Uh, the school's going to be closed if we don't know who did this. And then Tom Riddle runs into a closet and is like, Hagrid, you did this. You. You're the heir of Slytherin. 
And then uh, Harry goes, Hagrid, no! Yeah. And well, he, he thinks that because he's the got the big spider. He's got this big spider as a pet, and they think yeah. that that is the monster, but it's not really the monster. He's just a weirdo it's who not. likes big spiders. Um, yeah. We should try to keep this along. Like, I know I know, we're, like, trying to do bits as we're describing the movie, but I feel like we should ditch that for the sake of expediency for a little while, because we got to just, like, okay. fly through here. Um and oh yeah, also the um the whole flashback is also Dutch angle junction. Black and white. Um but <laughs> okay, so there's also this really great line where he's telling his friends about it later. Um <laughs> and it's not like a particularly plot-based line, but I think it's hilarious. Where they're like, we should ask Hagrid about it. And Ron's like, oh, what would we even say to him? Oh, hello, Hagrid. Have you set loose anything mad and hairy around the castle lately? And Hagrid comes up behind him and is like, mad and hairy? You wouldn't happen to be talking about me, would you? Like, as a joke. And they all turn around and are like, no! And he's like, <laughs> were, were you talking about me? I, like, I did what? actually think that. <laughs> I didn't that, think you were talking I... about me, but now I think you're talking about me. Yeah, I uh, think you were. I thought that was hilarious. I was like, oh no, yeah. I can see Hagrid's feelings just got hurt. Um, <laughs> um, but at this point, they decide they're going to lock down the school. Classes are only going to happen, or you're going to be confined to your dormitories at all times, and you're going to be escorted to your classes. And this feels really scary, too. It feels like the... It, it adds a certain sense of reality to this situation that it's like... Yeah, it's like a lockdown drill. Yeah. Um... <laughs> so eventually it gets bad enough. Uh, I can't remember what happens. Uh, oh, that's when Hermione gets uh, paralyzed. Yeah. Eventually Hermione gets paralyzed in the same way that all these other kids did. And that and that's really sad, too, because there's this moment where they're like, Quidditch is canceled, and Professor McGonagall is like, Harry and Ron, I want to tell you first. I want you to come with me. And they tell him. And it's like, really? Like, all the circumstances around this feel so true to life with, like, how a school would handle these kinds of things. And yeah. there's, like, a certain uncanniness that makes it really, like, emotionally effective, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so now they're like, okay, this is for real. We're going to go talk to Hagrid. Ron and Harry, not Hermione, because she's dead, um, yeah. put on their invisibility cloaks, and they walk up to Hagrid's door, and they knock, and Hagrid opens with his fucking crossbow, and he's like, who's there? And they're like, oh, no, don't shoot, it's us! And he's like, oh, I was just expecting... And he, like, trails off, he's like... Anyway, come on in. <laughs> like, what? I was just expecting something hugely dangerous. Uh, okay. Go ahead, come so on in, in, kids. In that scene. So, they're hanging out with Hagrid, and they're talking about the stuff. And they're like, are you the heir of Slytherin? And he's like, no, I'm not. And then he's going to talk to them about something, and then someone knocks at the door. And he's like, quick, get under it. And in comes uh, Albus Dumbledore and the Minister of Magic. Yeah, the President of the who, United States of America. Yeah, and that's who Hagrid was expecting. So, <laughs> right, was yeah. he going to fucking shoot them? <laughs> because, so last time that the door was opened, Hagrid was blamed, and that's why he's not a full wizard anymore. That's why he's just the groundskeeper. Right. And that's why he doesn't have that spider anymore. And so now that's happening again, the ministry, just to clean it up, is just blaming him again, and he's being arrested. That's what right. the scene is. Yeah. But uh, Hagrid's plan was to go out guns a-blazing. <laughs> yeah, go down in a blaze of glory. Yeah. <laughs> but so then, yeah, the minister, first of all, the minister himself comes to get Hagrid, which feels like he should not have. But right, it feels fine. like a little bit of overkill. 
Yeah, and so they're like, I'm Dumbledore's like, sorry, Hagrid, you gotta shrug emoji. <laughs> and then Lucius Malfoy shows up, and Hagrid has the best line in the movie where he get, goes, uh, hey, Lucius Malfoy, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Which is just really good. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, Lucius... so Lucius Malfoy would just happen to be looking for Dumbledore during this exact time to tell him that yeah. he's been fired by the Ministry of Magic, and I guess the Minister of Magic didn't know about it until now either. Yeah. Well, it's like the PTA like voted on it. <laughs> right. It's the yeah. context of that scene. He's like, here's all eighty eight signatures of whoever's in charge of this, a council of some kind. Right. Anyway. And there's also okay, they do this whole thing about how like, oh no, now that Dumbledore's gone, everything will be worse because he's been protecting everybody. But it's like Something. he hasn't been. Yeah. Like there's been no evidence of that. He hasn't done anything besides not put Harry in jail. Yeah. <laughs> like he hasn't like done anything that anybody else couldn't have been doing, you know? Yeah, I think it's just because Dumbledore is so cool and powerful that with him gone, the thing will get more confident Maybe. is the context for that. Yeah. It's not It's not that Dumbledore has been doing anything, it's just like just the fact that he's there. Right. Um, and so they do the thing that they do in every movie, where they're like, man, I hope Dumbledore doesn't leave, and then Dumbledore <laughs> right. leaves. Um, so... Uh, at this point, and then Hagrid says something like, you should follow the spiders to anybody who happens to be d- around. If you wanted to fix it, you could do that. Um, you could do that. And everybody like looks around like, that was weird, and then continue on their business. Um, yeah. So anyway, Hagrid's going to fucking Azkaban prison. Um, yeah. Which they haven't told us about Dementors yet. Right. But, uh... Yeah, it's fucked up. The, um, yeah, that's where the fucking Dementors are. So... Uh, one moment, one moment. Okay, so this is where they start to follow the spiders. And this is, to me, like, the first moment where Harry actually has, like, some agency and is, like, doing something for himself in this whole series. Yeah. Like, because Ron is just like, no, fuck this, I don't like spiders, I don't want to be here. But Harry's like, no, we gotta, we gotta go, we gotta do this for Hermione, we gotta fix everything. Um, so they go through, they talk to this, the big giant spider that Hagrid had earlier, and he tells them, like... Oh, what does he actually tell them? Well, he says... Well, he basically clears up Hagrid for them. He goes, Hagrid didn't open the chamber. I'm not the monster. There's another monster, and I'm super scared of that monster. Right. And so they're like, so Hagrid didn't do it? And he's like, yeah. Uh, Now my children are going to try to eat you. I hope you're cool with that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, then they run away from the spiders. And the feral car comes back. There's a choice line in that scene where all the spiders are, like, crowding around them, and then Ron goes, know any spells? And Harry goes, one, but it's not good enough for all these spiders. And it's like, Harry, you know one spell. <laughs> I think Harry knows one me? useful spell. <laughs> yeah, I know what he was trying to say. Right. I just think the way I interpreted it is funnier. There's also a really good one where, like, Ron, like, tugs on his shoulder to show him that all the spiders are, like, closing in on them while they're having the conversation, and Harry's just like, well, thank you for your time, (laughs) or something like that. That's really funny. Um, I got, I, the oven, I got a fire alarm, you know, I buy. (laughs) Um, Okay, and I want to say... That the the design for these spiders, first of all, the big giant spider is this big practical puppet that's super cool. 
Um, Which is super cool, yeah. Uh, they also, they picked the creepiest, scariest type of spiders for this. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they're not, like, big furry tarantulas. They're just, like, big old gnarly house spiders. Yeah. Which are, to me, like, the creepiest, the gnarliest worst. They're spiders. They're, like, barn spiders. Yeah. It sucks so bad. Um, like, that scene, there's where they're first going into, like, the spider area, and, like, it's not the giant spiders yet, but just, like, this big spider, like, comes into frame, right. and I'm just like, oh, man, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate it. And they, like, are super fast, too. They, like, scuttle around in a yeah, really like, <laughs> realistic way. God, it's the worst. It's so good. Yeah. No, the, they have that... Well, first of all, the flying car comes back to save the <laughs> right, rest, yeah. which is whatever. <laughs> which is really good. I like that feral car. They should have set yeah. him up better at the beginning, but I like him now that we've established him. Yeah. But anyway, but so there's this whole chase where they're in the car and they're outrunning these spiders, and there's this shot of the car driving through the forest while literally just, like, a wave of spiders is just, like, <laughs> yeah. crawling behind it. And it's, like, a really fun scene. Like, right. I love that scene. Yeah, it's so good. Um, where they're, like, hitting spiders, and there's spiders all over the car, and they're just, like, going at a million miles per hour. Right. Like, it's really fun. <laughs> um, at this point, they escape from the spiders, and they go back yeah. to visit Hermione again. Uh, they find wait, us. hold on. Oh, wait, is there something we're missing? <laughs> so they get out of the spider forest, and they get out of the car, and the car goes back into the forest. <laughs> right. Which is just where it lives now, <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's where it wanted to be. <laughs> I so desperately wanted Ron to just, like, look at Harry and be like, I guess the car lives in the forest now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What are you going to do? Right. So they discover that while she was paralyzed, Hermione has had a little piece of paper in her hand this whole time that explains everything they need to know. It's a basilisk. um, And it's been moving through the pipes. Um, I mean, it doesn't explain it all, but she just has a piece of paper. She's clearly figured it out, and she's been researching basilisks. So they're like, oh, that's what it is, and if you look at it, it'll kill you. Um, Yeah. And it's been moving through the pipes, because she wrote pipes in it. Um, Yeah. But, uh, so then we're revealed, we start to piece together how everybody who got paralyzed didn't look at the basilisk technically, and it's the biggest bunch of bullshit in cinema history. I mean, at least they establish it. They at least tell you. Right, but they're like, uh, like, this thing will kill people so easily. If you look at it, you die. And four kids have just managed to get only paralyzed by it by looking through their camera, or the reflection in the water, or through a ghost, I guess. Like, Yeah, that one was weird. Yeah, it's well, all what, bullshit. What was weird about that one is that nearly headless Nick was, like, affected by it. Right. And I was like, how, how does, he's dead already. Right. How does that work? No, yeah, every, every piece of it is bullshit. I hate it. Also, it's a giant snake. Are there no, like, security cameras at Hogwarts? <laughs> right. Um... The and oh, and I'd like to say that the puzzle pieces of like plot information like work so much better in this movie. Yeah, no, I have that written down too. Yeah, but it's yeah, it makes sense. You learn things as Harry does, and you kind of piece together what it is too. Right. But the one downfall of it is that the only reason they figure it all out is because Harry or is because Hermione just did everything for them. <laughs> right. Which yeah. Which is just a little bit of a cop out. But yeah, I don't know if it's because the rest of the movie isn't as boring, but like the pieces coming together and painting the whole picture is like so much more satisfying in this one than it was oh, in the yeah, last totally. one. Oh yeah, totally. Um, and I don't know. I guess I can't exactly put my finger on why because the structure is not really any different. It's still just, like, a bunch of kind of, like, isolated events where you find little pieces of information. 
Um, yeah. I guess there's sort of a ticking clock on it, which makes it a little bit more exciting. Yeah. Like, you've got to figure this out and solve everything before, you know, the basilisk the kills somebody and the, yeah, and the school gets shut down. Um, so maybe that's part of it. The, because in the first movie, it was just like, I wonder what's going on. Yeah, man, that's weird. That, that sure is weird. I wonder why that is. Oh, well. Anyway, I'm 11. Yeah, anyway, time for class. Let's go to class. Yeah. Um, <laughs> man, I love being a wizard. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, and that's when they find out that Ginny has been taken into the Chamber of Secrets, and there's another message that says, her skeleton will lie in the chamber forever, which is so intense. And they're all immediately like, oh, it's Ginny. Right. <laughs> which is whatever. Uh, I don't remember why, how that is. Yeah, I guess I don't really know how they know it was Ginny. But I guess she's just, like, the only missing student, yeah, maybe? Yeah, she just went missing, and then that happened, so they're like, it must be her, yeah. I guess. Because presumably, you know, the kids aren't allowed off the school grounds, so if somebody's missing, it's like yeah. they would know about it. Um, so then they go to... I'm trying to think, did they already know that the chamber was in the bathroom? No, so what happens uh, is that... Oh, no, so they get that piece of paper that Hermione had, and they're trying to piece it all together. Right. And Harry goes, Ron, that girl that died in the bathroom, what if she never left? And that's when you realize that Moni Myrtle. Oh, okay, so, oh, that's right, because I remember being excited that Harry put it together himself and, like, fucking did something. Um, Yeah, he figured out that Moni Myrtle was the girl who died. Right, and was also Voldemort's first victim, if you think about it. Yeah, um, and so they go to talk to Moni and Myrtle, and they're like, "What you? What happened?" And she was like, "A boy was mean to me, so I told him to go away, and then I fucking died." <laughs> right. I also and they're like, "Okay, bye, Myrtle." I just wanted to be known that I have written in my notes here. I want Harry to die, and for Myrtle to be his ghost GF. <laughs> <laughs> um, you really like Moni Myrtle. I do. I don't know why. I think she's really funny. Um, and then. Uh, oh, also, uh, Gilderoy Lockhart finds out uh, that they're going to go down there, and he's like, I have to go with you. And No, 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 no. No, 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 what happens? I know they attack him. So when they all find out, so when all the teachers are gathered around, and they figure out what's happening, they're like, we have to close the school, we don't know what to do. And then Gilderoy Lockhart shows up, and he's like, yo, what up, what I miss? And he's holding a Starbucks. And they're like, uh, <laughs> hey, a, a girl got taken... That's, hey, hey, asshole, you said that you know where the snake is. Why don't you go kill it, asshole? Go die. And he's like, oh, no, I have to go do it. So he's running away, and that's when Harry and Ron go into his office and see that he's running away. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. And then they, like, hold him at gunpoint and, yeah, like, take them. Yeah, and they them. throw him down the snake hole. Yeah, take him, with, take him with them into the Chamber of Secrets against his will. Um, oh, and they also find out, this is kind of a fun twist, is that he's not really a hero, but he is really, really talented at memory charms, so whenever people expose him, he can wipe their brains and, um, you know, get off scot-free. And I always really like that. I always like when characters that are painted as being just, like, totally incompetent do have a skill, you know? I yeah. think that it just makes them more... It's, more... it's easier for me to believe that somebody is good at something different than we thought they were than it is that they're just totally incompetent in all facets of life, you know? Yeah. Um, but... So, yeah, but so they so go they... into the bathroom. They find the Chamber of Secrets. They throw Gildalori... Gil, 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 they throw... Lockhart. They throw the guy into the snake hole. <laughs> um, and then... And he goes, It's awful dirty down here. 
once they throw him into the hole. Right. And then Gilderoy Lockhart steals Ron's broken wand and tries to cast a memory spell on them, but it backfires on him, and he doesn't know who he, who he is anymore. And then also, a very <laughs> convenient rock Isn't slide happens, um, separating Ron and Harry, and Harry has to go on alone. Whoa. Which is kind of like in the first movie, except in this movie, Harry does something except after he goes on real. alone. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, and also everywhere in the chamber is also Dutch Angle City. Uh, it's just like, every, it's like the entire sequence pretty much takes place at like a 30 degree angle. Um, so, okay. So, we get down there and we find out that Ginny <laughs> was in possession of the diary the whole time. And the diary was what was making her do all of the Air of Slytherin stuff as sort of a conduit for Voldemort. Tom Riddle is Voldemort. Um, and that makes sense in a certain way. Um, yes. The only thing is, is that for some reason now he's sucking the life out of her, and if he sucks all the life out of her, he'll be alive again. Yeah. Which is okay, like, I don't so know what that is or what that is supposed to mean. <laughs> Yeah, so Tom Riddle's doing his whole plan, and he's like, "When I left Hogwarts, I left my six, I left a sixteen-year-old version of me in this journal, right. and I'm now sucking life out of Jenny. Somehow, it's fine. Right? But does that's that's does that count as Voldemort though? Coming back? Right. Yeah. Would it be just the sixteen-year-old version of Tom Riddle, or would it be actual yeah, Voldemort? But it's like a separate Voldemort. It's like a little Voldemort that Voldemort made. <laughs> right. It's not. Yeah, how does that work? When they resurrect the real Voldemort, is he like, yo, where's my hot 16-year-old self? What happened to that dude? And it's also like, you know, Lucius Malfoy is a Death Eater, and he planted it on her, so it was clearly a plan by his followers to try to resurrect him. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. It's a little bit weird. And It's weird. Yeah, so what I wrote down is, I said, how did Ginny find the diary? But they answered that later, so it doesn't matter. Um, Yeah, now Lucius does it. I also said, uh, is this connected to the real Voldemort? And also, why is Ginny being... Okay, yeah, sorry. I just I thought there was more questions that we had just talked about that I had written down, but it turns out we covered all of them, so never mind. No. <laughs> so, in this scene, Harry Potter has been trusting Tom Riddle, because he's like, he's a dude, I like him. Right. But in this scene, Tom Riddle reveals that he is, or will be, or whatever, whatever it is, is right. Voldemort in some capacity. But he does the stupidest sight gag of all time. Oh, yeah. Where he writes in the air, Tom Marvolo Riddle, <laughs> Marvolo. and then swooshes the letters around, and it spells out, I am Lord Voldemort. <laughs> I can just imagine which him... Which only works if his middle name <laughs> is Marvolo. I can just imagine him sitting in his room. I can just imagine him sitting in his room, like, messing around with the letters in his name, and he's like, oh, I can make I am Lord with the letters. That's cool. What's left over? <laughs> Um, Voldemort. Bol- M- Moldevort. Uh, Mo- <laughs> I'm not no, talented enough solid. to just come up with more <laughs> permutations out of my brain, but I'm rest assured <laughs> they would have all been dumb. Door to tort. Anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then Harry pulls another magical object out of nowhere at the last second to save the day. No. When the what phoenix... <laughs> Well, okay, yeah. So the basilisk attacks, and he's like, oh shit, that's the basilisk. I better not look at it. 
Um, I don't like that. But then, and the Basilisk design is super cool, by the way. I really like the it way it looks. It is super cool. Um, and then the Phoenix from Dumbledore's office flies in, drops the sorting hat at Harry's feet, and then the Phoenix gouges out the Basilisk's eyes, so it can't kill him just by looking at him anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And then Harry pulls the sword of Gryffindor out of the sorting hat, I guess. And yeah. kills the basilisk with it, but he gets stabbed in the arm with a basilisk fang at the same time. Which has got venom in it. Yeah, but then... I didn't get that. So he kills the basilisk and he gets bit in the process. And I wrote down, thank God it's not venomous. And then two seconds later, Tom Riddle's like, you're dying of the venom. And I was like, <laughs> oh wait, never mind, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, then the phoenix cries tears of sadness onto his wound and it and it fixes him. Um, and he goes, of course, healing tears, right. as if he remembers that. Right, yeah. He doesn't. And I think that doesn't happen until the very end for maximum tension. But uh, also in this scene, uh, he takes the basilisk fang that's so poisonous and he stabs the diary with it, which is funny because I don't know how that just occurred to Harry to do that, <laughs> but like, yeah. whatever. I know. What if I take this book <laughs> and I stab it with this sharp thing and then that'll kill him? But it's fine, whatever. He does that and it kills yeah. him. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, and I get that later in the books, Harry being all, I'm not that great, my ass gets saved all the time. It's like a thing that they do. Right. But that feels like another time where J.K. Rowling didn't realize she was writing a book series. Right, And then exactly. had to be like, oh, hey, Harry gets saved all the time. Yeah. No, and I mean, that, and J.K. Rowling is good at that. She really is. Like, taking yeah. something that was just, like, basically just winging it, you know? And, yeah. you know, thinking critically and really scrutinizing the stuff that she's already written, like, sort of ex post facto, <laughs> and, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> applying things to it retroactively. Like, that is, that's hard to do, and she's really, really good at yeah. it. Um, that's good writing. Uh, Doing it I almost later feel like, on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. I almost feel like she scrutinizes books that she's already written more than she scrutinizes books she's currently writing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I have written here... Uh, wow, Hagrid straight up goes to Azkaban. <laughs> like, yeah, he no. comes back from Azkaban at the end. <laughs> so... I'll, I'll just explain the ending. So they kill the snake, uh, they, they kill Tom Riddle, Ginny wakes up, and she's like, Harry, I didn't mean to do it, I'm sorry! And Harry's like, it's okay. Uh, and then the phoenix carries all four of them, including Ron and Lockhart, out of the pit. Uh, and then it's dinner time. <laughs> so, <laughs> wait, no, no, it's not, sorry. Wait, when does... <laughs> it's not dinner time. It's Dumbledore explains everything time. Right. So they go to Dumbledore's office, and he's like, I could expel you, you know, winky face, but instead I'm going to be super proud of you. Here's a medal. Right. And they all go, ha-ha, Dumbledore, you so silly. Uh, and then he hands the letters to let Hagrid out of jail to Ron, for Ron to mail it, <laughs> with his uh, super old owl that we've established right. is really shitty. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, so that's that, he's also Harry... twelve years old. Like, yeah, <laughs> Dumbledore, just mail it yourself. Like, are you? Yeah, busy? you have a magic phoenix. <laughs> but yeah, so then Harry and Dumbledore are in Dumbledore's office, and Harry's like, Dumbledore, I don't understand anything that happens. And Dumbledore's <laughs> like, because you were loyal to me, you could pull the sword out of the hat. No, only a true did. Gryffindor could 
pull the sword out of yeah. that. Yeah, and you are, and you did. Yeah, the end. <laughs> Which is and just like, great. doesn't make any, there's nothing, that, yeah, that's it's, nothing. It's fine. But then, <laughs> Lucius Malfoy comes in, and he's like, fuck all of you, I'm so angry. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, Dumbledore is back in office, uh, Harry Potter is alive, and Voldemort is dead, so Lucius Malfoy is just like, I hate all of you. Also, Dobby is there. I don't know why he brought Dobby. Yeah, that's a good question. But so, yeah. he does, and he did. And it's supposed to be a reveal that, that Dobby is Lucius's house elf. Yeah. Because we don't know this that This big racist that we've established. And he, like, kicks him down the stairs yeah, in that yeah. scene, too. Um. Anyway, so There's Lucius a... is all mad, and he's like, fuck all of you, and then he leaves. And then Harry's like, oh, can I have that book, Dumbledore? Because he knows that Lucius put it in Ginny's bucket. And so he takes the book, and he goes to Lucius Malfoy, and he's like, hey, asshole, I know that you're the one who did this. And then Lucius Malfoy goes, prove it, bitch. <laughs> yeah. And then he hands the book to Dobby, and there's a sock in the book, so technically Lucius Malfoy gave Dobby a sock. By the right. way, house elves, when they're giving clothing, are free. I don't know <laughs> if we established that, but they that's They sort of allude to it, but they don't say it outright. They just yeah. kind of say that, like, humans can't give house elves clothes, and then later it's like, if they do, we're free. They, I don't know, whatever. But um, yeah. right afterwards, so Dobby's like, "Hooray, you freed me, Harry Potter! You're the one, you're the most wonderful man on earth." Um, but there's Kiss this, me. <laughs> there's this really great line where um, Harry is just like, "It's okay, Dobby. I forgive you. Just promise me one thing: never try to save my life again." Boom! And the Full House theme plays and the credits roll. <laughs> I just, I don't know, Where I think it's really everybody funny. knows your name. <laughs> um, but you're missing the best part where Lucius Malfoy just straight up tries to kill a 12-year-old in oh, the middle right. of the hallway outside of Dumbledore's <laughs> office. <Yeah. laughs> um, but yeah. How does that scene then end? it's dinner time. How does that scene end, though? Does he just... He just leaves. Chooses not to kill him. Oh no, Dobby kicks his ass. Yeah, Dobby's like, fuck you! Uh, and then he leaves and he's his hair's all messed up. <laughs> <laughs> his hair. But then it's dinner time and everybody's happy and Dumbledore's like, hey, uh, no more tests this year. Oh, that's which right. Which is just, which is just <laughs> how does that even work? Yeah. Oh it's, my god. It's whatever. Presumably there's not anyway. like a governing body over wizarding schools. <laughs> no. So then they do that and they're like, yay, we don't, we're, our exam scores are going to be ruined for the rest of our lives. Uh, and then Hagrid gets back from jail and everybody cheers and then the movie's over. Yeah. No, the last thing I have written down though is like the whole ending feels really good. Like... It's it's like a really satisfying happy ending in the sense that you see yeah, all the different Yeah, it's a really characters. sweet scene. Um, especially there's like a moment that's really that's really nice where like nearly headless Nick that got fried earlier is like back and all the students are really nice to him and they like appreciate him more, you know. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know, it's just one of those like little things that I just thought was really sweet and like the whole thing like comes together in a really nice little bow. Yeah. See, that whole scene is just really sweet where everybody's cheering for Hagrid. Oh, yeah. I would have loved that scene more if they would just let the Slytherins and Malfoy applaud, too. They (laughs) always have to make a point that they're not applauding. And it's like, just let him be a person instead of being this cartoon villain. Right. 
Um, so yeah, but that's... overall, yeah, that scene is adorable and heartwarming. Right. It still kind of gets me. So we're at more than 90 minutes at this point. Uh, yeah. Final, final thoughts? Way better than the first oh, one. Way better. Way um, better than the first one. I can't particularly put my finger on why, like I said. I mean, the kids yeah, are all better, know. and I think the characters are all, like, characterized better. They're more fun to watch. Um, yeah. But it's still, you know, all those things that we complain about about the first one are still true in this. Like, it's a sequence of yeah. unconnected events, like, leading up to some mystery, and then at the end, we just I'll can't repeat it because we already said it. Right. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I can't precisely put my finger on why it doesn't bother me and bore me to tears in this one like it does in the first one. Maybe you've yeah, just seen know. the first one too many times. Maybe that's part of the problem. Also, a true possibility. Um. But yeah, like it's it looks a lot nicer. Like I said, there's a different director of photography on it, so it just, it looks a lot different. And it has more of a visual identity, you know. Um, yeah. And it's I I don't know. It it just feels like it fleshes out the world a lot more. The first one was just mm-hmm. like check everything out, but this is more like here's Look the way at things all of work. This. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like we got a lot more like rules to the Wizarding World as well as like a lot more things in the Wizarding World. Mm-hmm. Like we got like flu powder and like the flying car, and we got like the rules about like not doing magic outside of school and like not letting the Muggles see you and right. like, all the stuff with half with mudbloods. Like I feel like they just kind of like establish things a lot more effectively in this movie. Right. Um, let's move on to our secondary things, and let's keep this as quick as we can. Do you want to go first? You do your thing. Okay. So, uh, this week, this weekend, I don't know, very recently when this podcast came out, uh, Cuphead finally came out on the Switch, which uh, basically nobody ever thought was actually going to happen, and I'm really excited about it, um, because previously I pretty much just thought I was never going to be able to play it. It was an exclusive on Xbox and PC, which I don't yeah. have. And who the hell has an Xbox? <laughs> right, yeah. That's one of those things that's like, the Xbox doesn't have any exclusives. They have Cuphead. Well, not anymore, I guess. They had Cuphead. Yeah. And Gears of War, I think. But that's, that's like it. Like the PlayStation, Have you heard what they're calling the next Xbox system? Uh, the download-only version? No, the Xbox sad. <laughs> what? Are you it sure was that wasn't an I, April Fool's article that you read? It might have been. Hold on. <laughs> no, this is a real thing. It's the... Yeah, it was only two days ago. It wasn't for April Fool's. It's the Xbox One S optical drive. Oh, so it's sod. Sod. <laughs> um, no, it's called the SAD. S all digital edition. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's the then, Xbox it's One sad, sad, which is hilarious. <laughs> okay. Um but yeah, so yeah, this is just this is not related, but there's a whole bunch of rumors that the PlayStation 5 is going to get revealed soon, which is oh, really? really interesting to me. And I have to wonder um if like like how long are we going to go just like upping the power and graphical capacity of these things before like something starts to change, you know? Because we're definitely yeah. at a point where it's going to be diminishing returns on how powerful and how incredible the graphics are in these things. Um, yeah. Because I feel like the Switch is kind of the direction it's going to start going now. Like, the Switch is at a place where, like, we do want more power, more graphical capabilities, more memory, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But everything else is kind of as good as it 
is going to get right now, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. Like, and I have to wonder if they're going to start going the same direction as the Switch and start working on portability or, like, other features to distinguish it from other things. I wonder if we're going to start getting consoles that last longer than was previously the norm. Um, oh, yeah. Like, well, I don't know. Like, I'm just really curious to see how this is all going to shake out with, like, the next generation of consoles. And, I mean, Nintendo has always been in, like, a league of its own in consoles. Right. Even though it's had way worse graphics and way worse, like, capabilities. Like, right. it always just, like, schools the hell out of Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah. And it's because they do super cool things. And, like, right. the frame rate and the power is kind of secondary to the really cool things that they're doing. Yeah. Um, I'm also oh, and there's also rumors that the there's a, a cheaper Switch model coming out soon that's going oh, yeah. to be just a handheld. Like you can't connect it to a dock; it doesn't come with a dock, and the Joy Cons are just attached to it permanently. It's like a Game Boy. Um, yeah. That'll cost like half as much, um, which I think is a super good idea. Um, yeah, that's super cool. Anyway, Cuphead. Um, <laughs> My point is is that Cuphead came out on the Switch, which means I can play it. I'm almost a little bit bummed because I previously just figured I was never going to be able to play it. I watched a couple of, like, full playthroughs of it and kind of spoiled a lot of it for myself. Um, oh, yeah. Which I wish that I hadn't done. But regardless, like, actually looking at it and feeling it and playing it is, like, it's just so cool. Like, every yeah, piece no, of it is game. so polished and so, like, down to the most minute details, like... It all it all feels cohesive in a way that's just incredible. And seeing mm-hmm. those like hand drawn animated, you know, sprites and things on a screen for a video game like this and controlling it is just it's wild, it's crazy. Yeah, and like you know, experiencing that and being in control of it is definitely a different experience than just watching it. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it's one of the only hand drawn animated games I can think of besides that Wario Land game for the Wii. Um, well, I mean, there's uh, the arcade machine games that were done by Don Blues. Oh, yeah, the, like, Dragon's Duty. Dragon's Quest. Uh, Dragon's Quest. <laughs> um, Is that what it's called? I think so. Dragon's Lair? Dragon's Lair? I think it's Dragon's Lair. Hold on. Yeah, it's Dragon's Lair. Okay. And there's maybe a movie coming out for it soon. <laughs> but... I don't know, even that is kind of a different thing, though, because that's just somebody making a series of movies with weird input controls. Um, yeah, that's true. Like, you're not in control of the events, really. Yeah, no, it's a it's a bad video game. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a really, really good game. And it is very hard. What they say is true. It's a very, very difficult game. Um, but, it, I don't know, it's gratifying, though, because you always want to see what's next. Like, part of the appeal of it is getting to, like, the production is so incredible that, like, you want to know what's gonna happen next, what the next thing is, what the next boss is, you know? So you have, like, a real and organic drive to complete things, and the controls feel really nice, and it's Mm -hmm. it's fast-paced, and it keeps you engaged, you don't really get distracted or bored with it, Um, and I, I just really love it. I think it's a great game, and I'm just very excited that it's on the Switch, and I can take it wherever I want. Yeah. That's it. Cuphead. That's Cuphead on the cool. Switch. Oh, also, it, P.S., did you ever, did you watch the reveal trailer for, when they revealed that Cuphead was going to be coming to the Switch? I think so, yeah. I feel like you would remember if you did. It, um... Which one was it? It's so, they open up on this, like, black and white guy doing, like, a weird after-school special about milk. 
and he's just like, oh, and it, this was like during the Nintendo Direct, the Nindies showcase. So everyone's just yeah. like, what is this? There's just like this guy who's just like, oh, milk is wonderful and great for your bones, but did you know there are certain dangers associated with drinking milk? If you pour too fast, there could be incredible splashback. Let me put on this apparatus. And he puts on this weird mask, and everyone's like, what the fuck is this? And then he, like, pours the milk into the bowl, and it, like, splashes out, and, like, Cuphead and Muckman, like, appear. And everyone was like, yeah, I didn't oh, see that. Cuphead on the Switch! Uh, it's super good. I recommend anybody watch it, um, because it's just, it's super funny and weird. Um... But yeah, that's all. Cuphead on the Switch. Cuphead on the Xbox, oh, wherever cool. you want to play it. Cuphead's just a... It's a great and wonderful game. So you're talking about something very new and in the scene. I'm going to talk about something that's from, like, the beginning of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk about HomestarRunner.com, yes. which doesn't exist anymore, so don't go there. Yes, it does. <laughs> oh, does it? I thought yeah. it was only the YouTube channel now. No, they still, they still do their stuff on their website. It okay, looks slightly different now, and the website is very much drawing you towards their YouTube channel, but it's, yeah. still, it's still there and functions the same way as it always did. Oh, okay, cool. Well, so, Homestar Runner, for people who don't know, were these little... I don't want to call them animated skits, but that's kind of what they are. Right. They're just, like, these little animated episodes of all these, like, kind of, like, children's show-esque bonkers characters. Right. And just little misadventures that they go on. This is the weirdest way to describe Homestar Runner, but I guess that, that's what it is. Yeah, it's just, it's like, it's a web series with a cast of sort of stock characters that they use. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just a, just a comedy web series built around these goofy, eccentric yeah. characters. I mean, there's Strong Bad, who's like this little tiny short man in a wrestler's mask who talks like this. And it's just, like, hilarious and negative. And then you have Homestar Runner, who's, like, the all-American sports idiot. That's just, like, <laughs> hilarious. And the Strong Bad answers emails, and Homestar Runner does its own thing. It's just a hilarious... It's, like, where 90% of both me and Jackson's comedy comes from <laughs> right. is from Homestar Runner. It's just hilarious. Franklin is losing his mind. <laughs> yeah, he sounds really upset. Do you okay, need to go check on, on him? There's a kid tying his shoe in front of the house. <laughs> okay. Okay, what was I talking about? Let's keep going, because I gotta work, go to work soon. Okay. Yeah, Homestar Runner is hilarious. It's built around all these stock characters. I just, frankly, is still barking, but I don't care anymore. Yeah, just go for it. It's just this great, hilarious show that's where me and Jackson basically got, like, 90% of our comedy is just from watching this show as little kids. Uh, it's actually really great because of that. It doesn't have any swearing or anything in it. It's very PG. Uh, but it's just hilarious. It's like, I don't know how to describe it well enough. Like, if you've got... First of all, the episodes of it are, like, super short. So, like, if you have, like, two minutes to ch- to kill, you can watch a Homestar Runner video. Uh, so, all I think almost all of their stuff has been moved to their Homestar Runner YouTube channel. Yeah, they're still but, uh, converting the, it over. There's a handful of stuff that's still not yeah. there. But every once in a while, they'll do a dump. Or, excuse me. Every once in a while, they'll do a dump when they upload, like, five or six cartoons at a time just to, like, put everything over onto YouTube eventually. Yeah. So, yeah, if you go to HomestarRunner.com, it still exists. Why I thought that it did exist 
is that Homestar Runner originally was on Flash, and then when Flash died, right. they were like, uh, holy crap, how do we do this anymore? So then they basically exported all their videos and put them on uh, YouTube. Yeah, and that's what's so, so interesting yeah. about it, is that it's this really unique format, because it's a Flash cartoon on the internet, where it's like this little movie, but it's also interactive in certain ways. Um, mm. There's a lot of things where you can like click on certain parts of the screen to like interact with Easter eggs and get like little extra bits. Um, and if you like mouse over certain things at certain times, things will happen. A lot of times they have like little games that you can play during loading screens in certain parts. Yeah. There's a couple of times where there are mini games built into cartoons if you click on the right thing at the right time that you can play yeah. while the cartoon plays. Um, so I just I want to recommend that if you are on a computer, this doesn't work on anything besides just a regular computer, by the way. Yes. But if you're on a desktop computer, um, go ahead and watch them like on the original website because there's a certain there's a certain element to it that's lost in the conversion to YouTube. But um, yeah, YouTube is just fine too because it's still the same stuff. And when they upload it to YouTube, yeah. they include a lot of those Easter eggs a lot of the time too. Yeah, they show you all the stuff that you would have had to click on. Right. So yeah, that's Homestar Runner. I cannot recommend it enough. It's like 90% of our childhood. Right. Hey, Adeline, do you want to hear a one-star review of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets? I sure do. Okay, this one's I do. pretty rough. Um, <laughs> this guy, uh, this is a one-star review by Letterboxd user uh, Noobs for Breakfast. Cool, 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 cool. Um, it, like, Great dude. Really buckle up for this one. Um, <laughs> you can tell how disproportionately female any site is by how favorable the reviews are of this movie. <laughs> Imagine a story about a magic school where nobody learns any magic. Instead of a fantastic world building and adventures, we get friend drama. It's a thinly veiled twilight. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Bro. Man, that is a rough one. God damn. <laughs> My name is Jackson McMurray. Oh, God. My name is Alan McMurray. And this has been No Nerds Allowed. <laughs> this guy is not allowed. Yeah, this... God damn it. How can... Like, I don't even <laughs> feel like this movie is especially female-coded in any way. No. If anything, it's like... <laughs> if anything, the mighty ghost of sleep for half the movie. Yeah. God. <laughs> he, he should eat himself for breakfast because he's a new. He is a new. Oh, Zane, you got him. <laughs> <laughs>